people spend so much time online shopping. So it's like, why wouldn't you be able to do that for an apartment? Hello, and welcome to Sink or Swim, a bi-weekly podcast brought to you by RentSync, where we provide an insider's look into the prop tech, multifamily, and rental housing industry. In each episode, we take a deep dive into the technologies and strategies that have helped companies overcome operational challenges and increase the value of their multifamily investments. So without further delay, let's get into today's discussion. Welcome back to Sink or Swim. I'm Mitch Fanning with RentSync, formerly LWS. And joining me today is Lauren Papaduke, who is the Director of Marketing and Communications for RoundSquare, a real estate development firm in Calgary known for building affordable yet inspired spaces for those who dread the daily crawl out of the burbs. Lauren, how are you doing today? Hey, how's it going? Thanks so much for having me. Well, it's a pleasure. I know there's a lot going on. It's uh, actually November 4th recording this, so there's a lot going on in the world. But I have to ask this first. So I was doing some prep, and you know, as a, as a marketer myself, I love the way you guys describe what you guys do. But you know, in your own words, I have to ask, what does the, the, the phrase dread the daily crawl out of the burbs? You know, what, is that, what does that actually mean to you? Like, you know, why that statement? Well, I think that that's sort of like a broader conversation um, just around like we're very pro density, which I'll probably get into a little bit later. Um, but yeah, so basically the, the crawl, like you're living out in the burbs. There's so many new communities built up around Calgary um, and people end up being in the car for an hour commuting. Obviously, it's different now with COVID. But so I guess um, like kind of what Round Square does, we're an inner city developer so basically we're very pro density and we believe that the best thing for the environment um, is to have people living in the inner city core um, living in places where they're a little bit lower maintenance more flexibility sort of more freedom Uh, we believe that that kind of leads to a more balanced lifestyle for people it also promotes uh, more walking biking um, and then supporting the local small business ecosystem so kind of with that that in mind that's sort of actually what we do Um, that's the ethos on which we develop a lot of our projects yeah I was you know we were talking about this a little bit before we hit record but um, I have to say that if I lived in Calgary and I was looking uh, to rent or lease uh, a place, I, I, I think I would choose or at least shortlist Round Square as, as an option. Um, the way uh, you, these, the, your places have been designed and the architecture is, is quite amazing. And I'm, I'm actually referring specifically to, I think it's Courtyard 33, uh, which I'll, yeah. actually, I'll actually put in the show notes. It's, it's quite amazing. Thanks. That's a huge compliment. Um, Courier is a great project. It's, I mean, you can look at our website to find out more information and see the kind of the photos of it, but it's uh, built around a courtyard and then it has a stop skip corridor. So a lot of the units are actually, you go up a set of stairs. So it feels almost lofted. So it's sort of a European style of development. Um, and then the courtyard basically has access to all of the small businesses on the second floor. It's an open pedestrian realm. So everyone hanging out in Martaloupe can come and actually visit and spend time on the courtyard. And then there's apartments that actually face into the courtyard. There's a huge public art mural um, done by, uh, well, she hasn't started yet, but it will be done soon by Katie Green. 
who's a local mural artist, a really amazing artist. Um, yeah, it has a lot of features that I think make it just a, an incredible place to live. I've thought about living there myself. It's <laughs> been, it's been ongoing for a long time. I just, I really love that project. So that's really awesome that you pointed that out. Yeah, it's definitely unique. And again, I'll, I'll I, I'm going to put it in the show notes and for anyone who's listening, I would definitely recommend they, they check it out just because it's a, it's just a really cool, cool design. Um, now like me, I know I personally don't come from a multi family or a real estate background. Uh, and I noticed actually, again, when I was doing some preparation that, you know, your background is in marketing, you actually uh, co-founded or, or co-led a, uh, a digital marketing agency previous to, to Roundsquare. So tell me a little bit about how you actually got started uh, in the real estate industry specifically. So I was born into real estate. Um, <laughs> I think I was born networking. Um, <laughs> my dad was a builder, so he did a lot of custom homes uh, in the area that I grew up. So a lot of my childhood was actually spent on site. Um, and it was so close, like a lot of the places he's building, you know, two blocks away from our house, we'd just walk over and go and see dad at site. Um, so, you know, I mean, that was a huge part of our life. And then interestingly enough, my parents' hobby was also real estate. So looking back, I'm really thankful that they did this, but at the time it was just like horrible. Our sort of family things, if you go to a swimming lesson and then you'd get in the car and you'd go and drive around and look at real estate, go to open houses. <laughs> um, then my dad would quiz you on like, okay, what's the first thing that you do if you're interested in buying this house? And then you like list up oh, like, wow, oh, yeah. get the house inspection. We're like six. <laughs> um, so, so that, so then it's super pretty. And then, so, so he did that for a long time. And then he basically, from when I, I think I, I was seven, he said, okay, you're going to work in sales and marketing and real estate. And I was like, whatever, like, I don't know. I want to be a dentist. I used to like bend um, paper clips to be fake retainers. Like I had all these other ideas for my life. And um, so then, yeah, basically I just kind of rebelled against that. Energy. Like, everyone kind of goes, oh, dad, you know, whatever. Um, so then I ended up doing psychology and then I moved to Vancouver and found this uh, design program. So it was actually sort of two streams. You had a foundation year, but it was interior design, graphic design. So I, I switched from psychology and did that and then graduated. Um, so that kind of sparked my uh, working at design agencies and things like that. So I ended up doing like a lot of Marcom jobs and then going into the agency world and then eventually founding uh, my own agency, which is still running today. So the really interesting thing about that is that I actually uh, left, like I quit my agency to work for Roundsquare. They were one of our um, kind of main clients or accounts okay. that I worked on. And I just developed this really, really close relationship with the um, founder, like a really cool creative relationship. I loved what they were doing. I just felt like at the time when, um, when we started the agency, I was quite young. And so, you know, you don't really know what these things are going to turn into. And um, it just felt like a better move for me, honestly, to just go and pursue uh, working at Roundsquare. So I actually did that, which was like a big life change. Um, and I really have like, it was the best decision I could have made for myself. Um, I just think that everything that they're doing is just so aligned with my values personally. Um, I love the project that we're working on and just sort of like 
the two founders, which I can kind of get into later, but they, they just, what they're doing and how they see the world and how they envision a better future for Canadian cities is just like unparalleled. And so working for people like that every day, it's like you just jump out of bed. It's interesting. Um, I also kind of was on the agency side of, of marketing and uh, the last client I had, I co-ran an agency. The last client I had was in kind of the, the tech space and really found myself wanting to be an operator uh, in the company uh, that was kind of, I was working, working with. And so that's kind of what led me to kind of being on the, uh, the, as the operator side uh, versus the agency side. Now, obviously, like you mentioned, um, you, you, you bought into their vision. Uh, it almost feels like, you know, based on your background, marketing, design, psychology, that round square was almost like the perfect fit. Um, what, yeah. <laughs> what, what is the, like, do you have a, do you have a favorite, you know, do you have a favorite project right now that uh, you can speak to and why? Hmm. I mean, I kind of love all of them. They're sort of like having kids. <laughs> They're all great in their own way. Um, but in my case, it would be um, dogs. I don't have children. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, I love the general block, which is a commercial building that we're doing. It's actually only two stories in Bridgeland, but it has these awesome local tenants um, that are kind of like Calgary favorites, Una, Phil and Sebastian and Village Ice Cream. So that spot will be just an amazing hub for meeting people, um, collaborating. Uh, so I'm really excited about that one. Um, and then I love, I actually love all the towns. <clears throat> so we're kind of, um, we've moved, we, we originally started doing um, townhomes. And then we're sort of doing these uh, mixed use buildings, which are sort of six stories. Um, so I always kind of have like a sweet spot for the towns. I just love the design of them. And I feel like we've really um, done a good job of creating community in those buildings. I'm excited to sort of see like Courtyard will be our kind of first large, large project. Um, so it's sort of a different experience, still a learning experience, honestly. Um, and then I always get excited about the future projects. Like we're doing um, a building in Winnipeg, uh, which we call 90 Alexander. Uh, I'm so excited about that because it's basically restoring um, a heritage building and then our building will be built around that. So it's really, really beautiful. I actually was born in Winnipeg and um, okay. I've only been back once since I uh, moved to Calgary at like, uh, we were nine months old. I always say that and they're like, I moved to Calgary with like a tiny little suitcase, but I was a baby. Um, <laughs> so I'm excited to spend more time there and kind of sort of see my roots and get to know that area and sort of, you know, starting to collaborate with some of the local businesses there already. Um, just really cool stuff going on in that city. I'm just super excited to kind of join their community. So I guess that's sort of what I'm most excited about. So given the current kind of market conditions uh, that we're at least we're seeing, I'm sure you're seeing as well, where you're seeing a lot of, you know, due to maybe COVID, uh, well, prim primarily due to COVID, there's this kind of uh, migration from urban uh, to secondary markets. Uh, and the fact that, uh, you know, Courtyard 33, and you mentioned kind of going to market or, or going expanding into uh, to Winnipeg, like what it, you guys seem to be, you, you know, your marketing and, and lease up efforts seem to be on point. Uh, even your, your Instagram uh, following is like 13, 
13,000, which, you know, I think is very rare for this in, for this kind of industry. What, what is round square doing differently to stand out uh, when it comes to their marketing and lease up efforts? Like what you hear so far, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button. Now this podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. Um, yeah, that's a really good question. So I think the main thing, kind of like the foundation of it all is that we just don't follow any trends in real estate. Like I don't really, um, I obviously follow like pricing comps and sort of that information. But as far as like from a brand perspective, the brands that I am sort of taking inspiration from are more fashion brands, artists, um, you know, that kind of, yeah, instead of sort of seeing what our competitors are doing, like, I don't really know, honestly, too, too much about it, because I spend time sort of researching, like, a lot of design blogs and things that are going on in the UK, um, and I think that's, I can say the same for Afshin and Al, who are the co-founders of Roundsquare as well, like, that they're, they're sneakerheads, um, so I think that's, like, a huge component of it, is that we're building this company, it's sort of, like, Yes, we we work in development and real estate, but we're sort of, um, you know, following inspiration from completely different places that have nothing to do with our um, real estate industry. So I think that's sort of why it's a little bit different. Um, like we used to always say, which I think was a huge mistake in our in the early days. Because I've I've worked on this uh, like with Roundsquare for a long time. Obviously, because they were a client of the agency. So pretty early days, we used to kind of write copy saying like, oh, we build community. And um, I actually think now looking back, like that's totally false. Communities are um, built because people are rallying around an idea on their own, from their own free will. Mm -hmm. Um, Like if you think about brands like Supreme, they have these sneaker drops or they drop like every Thursday they drop new products and people are lined up around the block, right. Or waiting online to sort of buy this product. And that's, you know, yes, they have great marketing and and really kind of neat products, but also it's, um, you know, people have rallied around their idea. So I think that's sort of where, um, what's shifted a lot for me in how I approach, uh, the marketing is I just sort of think like, you know, how do I, how do we create the best possible product and then put that out there, collaborate with other like-minded brands that are in completely different industries uh, to us. So we have a partnership program, which has been really awesome to just connect with local businesses and sort of help support them um, and just sort of cross promote because we have a lot of sort of aligned brand values and um, sort of aligned customer uh, demographics. So that's worked out really well for us. So I think it's just sort of a flipping it on its head um like even something that i'm working on is how for rental like normally you would post it on you know rent faster or these kind of like apps that are um outside of your website how do you create almost like an e-commerce experience on your website for rental like you know people spend so much time online shopping so it's like why wouldn't you be able to do that for an apartment wow i'm I'm gonna (laughs) double click into a lot of this there's where, where do i begin so first I would say I, I love your approach. Uh, I also agree. And I, w- one thing I'll say just from a personal perspective is that um, I do agree that, you know, again, I come from outside of the industry and a lot of what I've brought to RentSync is 
um, outside of that. And I think when you sometimes when people are like, say, if somebody would have come on to Round Square who had a background and obviously you kind of grew up in it, but who, who didn't spend a lot of time outside of the industry in, they came in there, there's this thing, what I call group think, and they kind of do the same things as other, other, say real estate marketers, if you will. Um, whereas sometimes you have to look at things from a new perspective. So, uh, and it's funny, I think, didn't you mention that you, when we were kind of, uh, having a conversation around email, you'd said that you, one of your favorite episodes of our podcast was the Disney one. Oh, I love that one. Uh, Duncan Wardell. Yeah. D- he, Duncan Wardle. Wardle. Yeah. Um, well, I, I can tell you kind of what I loved about it. So he, he actually did this, he was talking about the executives going to work in the park. Yes. So that's something that I um, have sort of tried to do at all of my jobs, which I didn't even realize I was doing it, but it makes a lot of sense. So I can kind of get into that whole thing, but that's sort of going off topic. But I did help coordinate like some of the property management for the last year so that I could actually learn uh, and be very client facing and sort of see all of their pain points um, and then help improve the consumer experience that way. So I wouldn't have known a lot of those things if I actually didn't do it, which I thought was really cool that he brought that up about um, the Disney executives. Cause I think it's really critical for people who are running these companies to sort of um, be there on the ground floor and understand where their staff are coming from and where their customers are coming from. Like, that's really cool. Yeah. And the other thing I want to kind of mention about what you just said, um, the way I approach marketing in general is first you got to nail your category then you got to nail the brand and yeah. then you need to create demand because yeah. here, here's what, here's how I kind of, um, here's how I would, I would say it. So if I asked you, Lauren, um, would you, would you and your, your, uh, your boyfriend like to go for dinner tonight? Uh-huh. You would say, uh, we would say, well, what would we feel like? And I would say, well, there's a great, uh, there's a great Chinese food restaurant, uh, in Calgary. Let's go try it. That's the category. The next yeah. thing we'd probably say is, well, what are the best Chinese food restaurants in Calgary? Mm-hmm. That's the brand. Yeah. But if you said to me, Mitch, actually, I was looking on Facebook. Uh, there's a two for one special at this particular restaurant that we just uh, talked about. Uh, let's go there instead. That's demand. So, right. but you need to set the context first, which is the category. Yeah, we can't, we can't start talking about restaurants until we say, what do we actually feel like? Wh- what category do we feel like? So I feel like mm-hmm. you guys have really nailed your category. Like you, wow. you have a, you have a distinctive category. Now you're focused on building a brand, which again, you're looking outside of the industry. So it kind of seems like you guys are building a, a solid brand using uh, kind of outside influence. Uh, and then yeah. obviously now it's, now it's demand that you guys are focused on, which again, could, could come from say partnerships. Um, yeah. So it's just really interesting to see. Well, it's um, yeah. And I think honestly, like there's nothing, I've seen a lot of kind of neat things that other real estate companies have been doing. And um, at certain points, like there's one that I'm kind of thinking of specifically, but um, I have to kind of give credit to where it's due. Like if you, I hope one day actually you'll interview our uh, one of our co-founders, Al Karim Devani. Um, but he's sort of honestly like a lot of the inspiration. But I think him and I think the same where we, we none of this was really actually intentional. 
I think it was just sort of, um, it was just sort of us as people and how we kind of were viewing things. And especially also our, our other co-founder, Afshin, like I think we have, they've just always been like that. And I've kind of always been like that. Um, so yeah, so I think it worked out totally to our advantage and I won't, I mean, there was a lot of hard work, tons of hard work that went into it, but, um, I don't think that we originally set out to, to kind of be different or see things differently. It just just sort of made sense to us based on our history and background and and interest in fashion because they're really interested in fashion as well, which is super cool. So, um, yeah, so I think that that definitely, so I always have to give kind of my, props to al and um Ashen. yeah you guys i think you guys <laughs> even have a, a fashion uh, clothing line as well uh no i mean so that was that was actually the confusion in my conversation with someone from rinsing but um we definitely uh so there actually was one but it was my my founder had actually worked on it years ago oh okay so that's okay. sort of where that came from but we're always kind of experimenting with merchandise and trying to sort of do things differently or or create things that people will actually use from that perspective um yeah and then kind of working on maybe some artist collaborations and things like that so yeah i mean it could honestly just go in that direction we'll see (laughs) you never know you never know so switching gears i mean obviously i can't we can't leave this conversation with talking about covid um covid obviously has affected a lot of businesses and people in general but have there been any uh positives that you can speak of or or said another way like have there been any beneficial changes to say the the business round square that uh that you made that you'll continue with in the future yeah i mean i i sort of have to preface that question by saying like i don't want to underplay or downplay any of the loss that everyone has experienced right in in answering this but um i do you know there's kind of a lot of opportunity now more than even before and the opportunity in the way that we reframe our thinking, take a pause and kind of refocus. Like I think for us, we sort of said, okay, cause we were doing a lot of, a lot of different kind of side projects. Like we were getting into co-working and all these things, which were, were fantastic learning experiences, but ultimately we're developers. So we should be focusing on what we do best and kind of trying to um, really solidify that. And then later on, if we wanted to expand more, that would be great. So I think it helped us really refocus and reframe. And then also just sort of from a leadership perspective is taking the, you know, taking leading with empathy really, really seriously, sort of making sure that um, safety is a priority for staff that, you know, mentally and physically that they feel comfortable. So I think having that flexibility sort of saying, yeah, come into the office if you want to, Um, if you want to work from home, great. Sort of letting people just, lead their own decision making um and have just a lot of flexibility and freedom so that they can do the best work um under the circumstances um but also feel really supported by us so you know if anyone has an issue they can always phone us or you know having lots of conversations just sort of around how do we actually um care for people so i think that was sort of i mean we always we always obviously cared a lot but i think it just changed the conversation to be definitely um leading with more empathy is is pretty critical now yeah it's definitely been a trend that i've as far as responses to those that question that i've asked uh other previous guests so thank you for that um so switching gears and as we kind of come to a, a smooth landing um you know what's in store for for round square in the future 
What is it? What does the future hold? Um, so we, well, we're expanding uh, into Winnipeg. So I think, yeah, just trying to expand into other Canadian cities. Um, definitely Winnipeg is our focus right now, but sort of always um, looking for different opportunities and exploring those ideas and what we can do. Um, so I think, yeah, that would be kind of the main thing. And then our uh, co-founder, Al Karim Devani, he is working on a prop tech company called Chroma that he started recently with um, some uh, people from Skip the Dishes, former Skip the Dishes oh, employees. Really? So really, really tech forward um, people. And they are doing yeah, a property technology company. So uh, if you actually um, follow him on LinkedIn, you can kind of learn more about that. Um, but basically what they're doing is trying to improve the landlord-tenant relationship. Um, so I think sort of using, uh, exploring the ways that technology can help improve the real estate industry and disrupt it because like obviously RentSync is um, very involved in that space, but there hasn't really been a major disruption. Like there hasn't been a lot of change in how it actually works. You know, a lot of it's still pretty manual. So I think that that's sort of the next big thing that's happening and Roundsware won't be leading that, but we'll definitely be watching that. Yeah, it's definitely the the ecosystem, the real estate, real estate ecosystem, uh, for lots of different reasons uh, I've discussed on this podcast, has been pretty much status quo. And it, it is now, uh, due to a lot of factors, in, including COVID, uh, starting to change. And uh, there, there's, we, we definitely welcome... And I think it's a good thing when more uh, more companies, more problems are being solved in the prop tech space. So I'll definitely mm -hmm. I'll definitely uh, check him out, and uh, who knows, yeah. maybe maybe uh, I could, I could uh, if he if he'd uh, if he has the time, we'll uh, we'll get him on the podcast. Yeah, he's amazing. He's just so amazing. I think viewers would really love to hear what he has to say. So. Now we're going to kind of move into my, what, what I actually think is my favorite uh, part of the park podcast uh, is the quick fire round where nice. I, I'll ask about, uh, I'll ask five questions and you'll have about 60 mm -hmm. to 90 seconds to, to answer. Okay. Uh, so Lauren, are you ready? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So question number one, what's one thing you wish your phone could do? So I'm so kind of bad at phones that I feel like anything I say my phone can probably do. And I'm sure that people listening will just send me an app for it. But um, I, the main thing would be actually to not have to ever plug in my phone to charge it. I wish it was just always charged. It's always on like 3%. I don't know how it happens, <laughs> but it's just always like, I'm always just like, oh no. And then I'm plugged into the wall talking. So that would really help me out. <laughs> I think I think that's by design. I think the uh, the phone makers are doing that on purpose. But I digress. Um, <laughs> so so question number two: What's your favorite app or tool? I was gonna say Candy Crush, but I'm trying to be uh, <laughs> sound cooler than I am. Um, so actually, I play the New York Times crossword every day, and I try and beat my time from the day before. And I'm it's like I do it every single day. I've gotten my mom involved. She texts me her time. We have to like screen cap it. Um, so it's pretty funny. So I, I'm really, really into that. I feel like it's so, like I really love reading and playing a lot of word games. So I think it helps me with my job and kind of keeps my brain, uh, you know, sharp. 
I, I think my wife would have the same answer. Uh, I'm talking, <laughs> cool. I'm talking specifically around Candy Crush first. Uh, she, if she's being honest. <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> yeah, it is so fun. <laughs> I, I love it. She seems to think so. So we'll go with that. Uh, yeah. The next question is: What's the most misunderstood thing about Round Square? Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess just kind of that we're. I think it's a common misconception about developers that you know you think of like the big bad developer and I think that what we're trying to do is so is pretty different and I also think that a lot of times people have certain connotations with that word but if you look at actually the history of where my um, where our co-founders uh, Ashton Devani and Al Karam Devani they're actually brothers where they came from their their family history I mean, they, they built round square from like nothing and they, they didn't have sort of their family behind them or they did it on completely on their own. Their, their parents are refugees. Um, they, you know, it was hard, hard work, a lot of grit, extreme dedication, um, passion and vision. So I think that's a lot of times people don't really know that about them. And, and hopefully they, I mean, they have shared a lot of aspects of their story. Um, so if you do go on LinkedIn, be sure to follow them. They're really, really inspiring people and they have a lot to say. So hopefully they can kind of share some more of that story as well. I won't get too far into it, but yeah, I think that's sort of the misconception is that, um, you know, being a developer is really hard. It's, it's, you're taking a lot of risk on, um, you're, you're, you have a lot of responsibility socially um so i think that's kind of the most common misconception i would say that's great and thank you for sharing that thanks <laughs> last question as a result okay. of covid what have you changed your mind about lately Ooh, well i think a lot of it has to do with um like sort of boundaries i guess that it's sort of okay to say no more like i was very go 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 and you know, it's helped me kind of just reset and just sort of relax a little bit and just sort of accept things for how they are um, and just really take space for myself and my family and, um, you know, keep keep my circle a bit smaller, which has kind of made things actually a little bit easier just as far as like the social aspects and safety wise. But um, yeah, just sort of that being a little bit more low key than I, than I was in the past. Yeah, again, I think that's something I've, I've, I've heard a lot of people say, and I think, um, yeah. but at the same time, it's, it's not, uh, downplaying that. That's, that's, I think it's, yeah, sometimes it's required. Um, yeah, for sure. The, the, I guess I lied. This last question uh, is where can people find out a little bit more about round square? So you can follow us at round square underscore. I've really worked to try to get rid of the underscore, but there's another account with it. <laughs> so hopefully one day, fingers crossed. So that's on, uh, you know, Twitter and Facebook and, and Instagram. We're pretty active. And then at our website, www.roundsquare.ca. And then my personal, you can, I actually don't have any personal social, social media, which is a whole other conversation. Maybe the only marketer who doesn't. Uh, but you can find me on LinkedIn, Lauren Papaduke. Okay, I'll put that in the show notes. Um, awesome. That, that's it for another episode. Lauren, thank you so much for doing this. Um, thank you. Yeah, and until next time, keep swimming. You've reached the end of another episode of Sink or Swim. Make sure to visit us at rentsync.com slash podcast to access show notes, key takeaways, 
and where you can sign up to our newsletter to receive free bonus content. If you found value in this show, please also remember to rate, review, and subscribe. That's this week's episode of Sink or Swim. Don't forget to join us next time for another jam-packed episode. Thanks for listening.